Uh, hello, Callum, uh, and welcome back, everyone, to the Second City podcast. Um, how are you this week, my friend? You're good. I'm really good, thank you. Hello to everyone who's watching and listening all around the globe. Um, yeah, no, really good, really good. Um, it's got very, very cold though, like today. It was snowing here. I don't know where it was uh, for you. Yeah, it was um, trying to snow as I was leaving work. Yeah, it's so cold. This is a sub-zero edition of the Second City podcast, hence why. I've gone, as we'll get on to, I've just gone for uh, an older shirt that doesn't fit me anymore because like, I cannot just sit in a T-shirt and do the podcast tonight. It's so it's I, I, freezing. Yeah. But yeah, speaking of everyone listening around the globe, um, pretty mad week for us. Our first proper podcast of the new year, our first like full one Yeah. in 2024. So happy new year to everyone, of course. But um, yeah, really mad week for us. Um, yeah, the podcast just had a, a real... For us, just a real like explosion of interest, which is really nice. Um, you know, this is just something we started doing for fun, and um, yeah, just really nice to have a bit of like thank you to everyone who's watching and listening, and um, like that the video we did in person with uh, where Callum was in Birmingham, which we did like our review of twenty twenty three. Just um, yeah, got like by far our biggest video, so hopefully we can keep up that kind of uh, attention. Yeah, and we had a lot of lovely comments uh, on that video as well. So thank you yeah. very much for all the kind words. Um, obviously, we're not going to be everyone's cup of tea, obviously. So, <laughs> sure. yeah. I mean, we said this way back on the first one of these we did, what was it, six or seven months ago. You know, This is all about keeping your friends close, but your enemies closer. So yeah. you know, no, know your sure. enemy. Yeah, and, um, but good time to kind of try and get a bit of... Um interesting because obviously it's been really mad times at both Blues and Villa and we're going to be keeping hopefully keeping everyone updated as to what's going on um in football in Birmingham so that's what we do here so um yeah thank you to everyone who's who's subscribing and jumping on board we, we do really appreciate it uh one person in particular a really big fan uh a celebrity fan um it's a bit <laughs> of backstory so we do um uh so we did a secret Santa in our friendship group for Christmas this year as we do every year um and i had callum and i got him um yeah. a very special personalized message uh from uh one of his none favorite other. None yeah other none that, other um, none other than this man he had some uh, nice words to say on the podcast and we'll play that video now all right callum i've been asked to send you a message from dan so i just want to wish you a merry christmas mate i want to miss you um Merry Christmas. Hope you have a great time, whatever you're doing. Also, Dan, I wish you a Merry Christmas as well, you know, because you've asked me to send this letter. And congrats on the podcast launching. I hear you both have a podcast called Second City Podcast, which is doing brilliantly, talking about Blues and Villa. So that's magnificent. But let me tell you one thing. The only people, the only reason why people are listening is for the blue stuff. Keep right on. <laughs> Take care. Merry Christmas. Keep up the good work. Take care. Clinton Morrison's wish yeah, me a happy man. Christmas. It wasn't on my bingo card for 2023. <laughs> no. I'll be honest with you, Dan. <laughs> no, yeah, uh, top man, Clinton. And thank you so much for sorting that for us and for the nice words. Um, should probably give the man a plug. Uh, cameo, if you'd like uh, Clinton's yeah. cameo.com, if you would like, uh, <laughs> like Clinton to send you a similar message. Um, very nice of him. I'll be honest with you, Dan. It was better than the last Secret Santa present you got for me like six yeah. years ago. Uh, which I was what it was. Mm. The bloody playoff final defeat fulham's anniversary dvd of the playoff <laughs> yeah. final yeah, was, yeah went all out that year 10 quid on a dvd of fulham beating villa um, <laughs> uh, but yeah cool so we're gonna um this week 
obviously, there's some huge news today with Blues, obviously following up from the news last week that Rooney had gone. Um, huge news today that uh, Tony Mowbray has, has come in permanently as the new Blues manager. Um, so we'll get onto that very shortly. That'll be like our main topic this week, obviously. Uh, we'll get on to, obviously, Callum's got many thoughts on the Villa badge. Uh, there was an announcement, or a leak this week, I think. A uh, leak, yeah. Um, uh, Villa's slightly horrific new badge, I think it's fair to say. I think even most Villa, some Villa yeah. fans would agree on that. And yeah, then we'll get into, obviously, it was the FA Cup third round this weekend. We'll get into that, and we'll look ahead to what's coming up uh, next week as well. But first, we start where we almost always do with uh, what we're wearing so this is where I'll wear a blue shirt, kind of wear a villa shirt, and we'll just talk about like our, our memories of that season, our thoughts on that kit, looking back and so on, and what we had going on in our, our lives at that point and so on. Should we start with you, Cal? Because you've gone very, yeah. <laughs> very left field this week. In your, in your uh, good luck with this one, Dan. <laughs> um, it does look uh, like I'm in striped pyjamas, yeah. It does, yeah. Um, I'm going to go... I'll, I'll re- give you a clue. I'll give you a bit of a clue. It is a score draw remake, but... I had saved this shirt for this exact game week. Okay, so it's probably a so year there is a won... theme. Probably a year you won the FA Cup. It was the last time. So we're going we won way back, Cup. way, way, way back. All right, in that case, um, eighteen eighty-three uh, home shirt. No, when did you last win the FA Cup? Did you win it in the no? Hmm. It's got to be. It can't be any later than the seventies, surely. I'm gonna go. 1970 exactly home would be my guess this was our 1957 FA Cup final shirt so this was a special edition shirt for the FA Cup final where we beat Manchester United Um, yeah we haven't won the FA Cup since 1957 it's pretty crazy thing to say um we finished 10th in the league we've Uh, never won it if it makes feel better uh we had eric hewton as our manager we won 2-1 in the fa cup final almost a hundred thousand people at wembley but dan we did beat west bromwich albion in the semi-final uh, and we did it we had to play those two semi-finals because there was a replay because we drew the first time we played them in the semi-final at molyneux we beat west bromwich albion at st andrews 1-0 in the replay (laughs) Weird. <laughs> okay. Imagine that now. Imagine that. Now. Yeah, I know. I'm trying to do that. The, sta- the stadium would fall apart. Well, not anymore. Not anymore. Yeah, that's gone. You fix now. the floodlights. It's fine now. Oh, we got not just fix them. The floodlights are insane now. They're like incredible. <laughs> um, no, fair enough. I, I would have thought you'd won the FA Cup more recently than that. Probably enough. I I was We've got it. to a few finals and lost them. So obviously, the most recent one was 2015. Uh, I think it was was it two thousand? We lost the FA Cup final to Chelsea. Yeah, Chelsea. Yeah. So we've had quite a few chances to win the FA Cup. And a little interesting tidbit, actually. So my dad has seen us win the league, the European Cup, the League Cup. He's pretty much seen us win everything. The Super Cup. He's never seen us win the FA Cup. It's the only like major trophy he's never seen us win. So how many have you seen, Dylan? I mean, I've seen the Peace Cup, <laughs> the Peace Cup, the Cup of, the cup of Traditions, the Playoff <laughs> Final, um, wow. whatever it was. We we won when we beat Valen- um, Valencia in the summer. Intertoto Cup. Did you see that one? Oh, oh yeah, we did win the in, yeah yeah we did win the Intertoto Cup as well. So classic. All the big ones. Yeah. No, fair enough. Maybe not just pajamas. Then maybe there is some heritage. <laughs> no, fair enough. What about you, Dan? So your uh, one's behind you. Yes. 
what do you think? So this is a white Umbro, like blue trim, very tatty. It's kind of the yeah the fish and chip investments. Coming. Yeah, it's all come off in the wash, bit battered up here. But yeah, God. If you need um, a clue, I haven't worn one from this season yet. Um, so we are new they, territory. I'm gonna the the year that springs to mind. It's giving me um, was it oh seven oh eight? It's giving me two thousand and seven vibes around that because i'm pretty sure there was like a was there a penguin kit e- either either before or after this one we're gonna go oh six oh seven oh stick to your instincts 2007 eight away this God, is, I, um... I, you know what? i'm pretty sure i recognize it from like the match attacks books or something <laughs> probably yeah probably i'll just put it back up Ugh. yeah um 2007 away um Quite a difficult one, though, because this was one of those years where, obviously, we wear blue and white anyway, and we had a white away kit, but then had a red third kit. So we barely ever we barely ever wore that one, actually. But yes, that's 2007, so we would have been about 10. Yeah, 10 when that kit came out. Yeah, so this year we'd... Um, first of all, nice kit um, when in its full glory when it's not, like, 15, 16, 17 years old. But um, yeah, this year we'd just been promoted under Steve Bruce where we came we came second. Um and then this year we this was the year where McLeish came in halfway through. So like players we brought in this year, we would have brought in Muamba on a permanent, um, Gary O'Connor, Oliver Capo, Liam Ridgewell. And we ended up getting relegated. And it, it kind of was never it never really looked like we were going to be a team that kicked on. Like the next time we came up we finished like ninth in the league and had a much better season. But and then this season there was a lot of stuff going on in the background, like the Carson Young stuff hadn't didn't fully go through this year, but it was all kind of in the background and starting to be talked about. And I think he tried to outright buy the club around this time. Um, but sadly, probably best not best remembered, obviously worst remembered, but like uh, most strongly remembered for like the Villa games this year. We sadly, unfortunately, it was the five one was this season, which was my first ever away game. Uh, not a great memory. Um, you can say, Dan, you were there. No, I was there. We left early, but we were there. <laughs> um, uh, but there's some great games this year. The one of my favourite ever blues, favourite blues games ever. Um, wasn't in this kit, but we played Spurs away in December in McLeish's first game, and we won three two away, and we were two one down. Robbie Keane scored twice, then got sent off, and then Cameron Jerome scored a, like a wicked equaliser. And then in the ninety-third minute, or th- I think it was Seb Larson scored like a thirty-five-yard absolute belter, like unreal goal. So if you'd asked me then, I'd have been really confident we were going to turn it around and stay up that year. Um, but wasn't to be. But we did beat them four-one then at St Andrews as well, Spurs. So something against them that season. And this season was also the mad game where um, uh, against Arsenal at home, where Eduardo broke his leg. Of course, uh, yeah. But was people, it people are, yeah, obviously people remember it for the Eduardo thing, but that game on just on every level was like insane. That is like an all-time Premier League classic. It's like an incredible game because yeah, we were probably, James, yeah. McF- James McFadden had just signed for us and he scored a mad free kick. Arsenal turned it around to two-one, and then we got a penalty in the last minute, which McFadden scored. Oh yeah, William like, Gallas, Gallas was like sat on. <laughs> yeah, you like walked walked the length of the pitch and sat down for the penalty and. Like crying at full time, which is pretty mad. Um, so yeah, we went down, and but then I don't know, got some good memories of it and nice kit. Um, so yeah, that's 07 08 away. That is 
And if you want more memories on that season from Dan, because obviously that's a McLeish era shirt, uh, yeah. you can go and check out our Second City story on Alex McLeish that we did. God. Uh, the first ago? one we did, wasn't it? Yeah. So yeah, it was ages ago. ago. So check it out. Yeah. Because uh, we talk about his time at Blues and Villa and kind of what I did in Midlands football. So yeah, interesting times. But onto more, even more interesting times. Um, what a roller coaster, uh, Dan. New yeah, manager. Yeah. Again, yeah, uh, we're this is our twenty first episode of this podcast, and this is our second episode talking about a new manager at Blues um, after obviously Rooney. Um, and we briefly talked about um, the possibility of Rooney being replaced for another manager, and we did band Tony Mowbray's name about. I can't remember what episode it was. It was only it must have been like just before mm. christmas it it was a probably yeah. it could have even been around the time where like we did the, it was an asteroid from space or something yeah, i definitely probably, remember yeah. saying tony mowbray would be a great appointment if you binned off rooney and here we are yeah i mean it's so mowbray obviously been at the game for about a year now um because he uh no no what matter about, no, no, sorry, no, uh, recently no, uh, about a month he? sorry i meant to say yeah sorry yeah. um because he got sacked by sorry means that uh he got sacked by sunderland um Mowbray comes in with huge experience in the championship. He obviously managed Sunderland, got him into the playoffs last year. He was only there for just over a year, I think. But he was at Blackburn for about five years. And he, when he went there, they'd just been relegated. He, they got relegated soon after, but was kind of a sinking ship anyway. He brought them back up and kept them up there and kind of turned them into a sort of top third championship team, I would say. Yeah, yeah. Um, managed West Brom back in the day and... Um, got them promoted and they came back down but he did get them into the playoffs and then getting promoted in his first two seasons um so he's a man with huge championship experience and by all accounts you know has, plays nice football develops young players really well and he's just a very uh if the Rooney appointment was a huge risk this is like just so sensible if you know what I mean it's yeah. such a obviously you can always go wrong there's always a chance it will go wrong but it's so um yeah, just so sensible and like I don't want to use the word safe because that sounds like derogatory to him, which isn't what I mean. I think it's just a very smart appointment, I guess. Smart appointment, I think, is probably better than safe appointment. Yeah, um, I go back on what I said on our, our episode last week where we just talked about Rooney quickly being sacked. I think I said something like, "Oh, he's been a success at everywhere, like Celtic, like Mowbray's time at Celtic. What uh, wasn't a success didn't do very well there in his brief time." But other than like other than that, his championship record is, is very very good, um, and he's not. I think there's a bit of a perception. I, I think it's because he's not like he's not a glamorous name. He wasn't like a you know compared to the Rudy thing. Rudy's obviously was a world class. The, the sexy name managers, isn't it? Yes, it, um, like Tony Mowbray does not scream sexy as as we've said on this podcast about uh, Rooney. But um, but I just who cares about that? You know, it's, I think he will play. Nice football by all accounts. People will rave about some of the football he plays um, at this level. And that Sunderland team he took over had just been promoted into the championship and they were the youngest squad in the whole division. And he got them Quite into comfortable the as well. Yeah, and they were... Um, he, he did a really, really good job there. Um, it's, it, it's hard... I don't know if other Blues fans agree with me, but we've had so many managers. This is our 13th consecutive season in the championship and we're on to our 13th manager in that time and most of them are from like 2016 onwards so it's after, uh, like how many managers we've had 11 managers in like eight years so it is hard to get excited about a new manager coming in it's not what it was if you know what i mean it's not like when we'd get one in every four or five years we have one every year <laughs> on average probably mm. 
Um, I mean, the amount of seasons you've had at least, you've had three managers is quite crazy, really, yeah. for that time period. Yeah, it, it really is. Um, so it's not, it is hard to, the Rooney thing was so intriguing that that was maybe different. And then when maybe Boyer came in, because he's got like that history with the club, I'd say it was quite exciting. But otherwise, it, it is quite hard to get excited about a new manager coming in, I would say now. Because it's just so regular and you see these press releases and they are so similar every time. But um, but no, I think it's very sensible. And I, I am, despite having said that, I am optimistic about where it could all go. Um, so, yeah. Um, yeah, Tony Mowbray. I, I look forward to seeing where he goes from here. I don't know what you think about it from the outside looking in, but... well. So, so I, th- I think it's the best appointment you could have made realistically because I didn't for one second think you were going to get Steve Cooper. No, I mean, um, I'm all for clubs being ambitious. Uh, you know, think I think to us when we were trying to maybe get Pochettino and we ended up with Unai Emery, you know, ambitious appointments. I think we even tried to get Thomas Tuchel. Mm. Um, but I think of all the appoint- of all the realistic appointments you could have made, I think you- you've made a really good one. He did a fantastic job at Sunderland. And you've got a lot of youth players, you know, Jordan James, young player. Um, Although, you know, on a side note, rumoured to be leaving very soon. But or, that's yeah, just if, an example, if, yeah, if he hangs around. So, I, you know, and Blues have always had this really good, a bit like Villa as well, with that tradition of bringing players through the academy and into the first team. You know, there's always been a pathway at these clubs for young players. Um, and so I think he'll be a really good fit with that, especially if you get the academy back up to grade one as well. Yeah. No, yeah, I completely agree. It said his uh, assistant, I think his name's Mark Venus, uh, long term, always been his assistant manager, was joining him. No word on Ashley Cole and John O'Shea. Um, so I'm not sure what's going on there. I'm not sure if they're going to be sticking around. I didn't expect I don't I, I didn't expect them to, but I didn't expect them to be around for the whole game at the weekend. So who knows? They may well be. Um it'll be interesting to see what happens there if they do. But yeah, it's as we were saying on the Rooney one, they kind of had to stick or twist and they're either going to have to get rid of Rooney or stick with him for a while because January's here, probably going to spend a little bit of money, uh, bring some more players in. So it really was a crucial time to decide to make a change or not. Um, and they have, and yeah, compared to some of the other names, like I don't think Jesse Marsh would have been a terrible appointment, but it also would have been a risk. I, like, I agree with that. Yeah. And yeah, I couldn't see Eustace coming back. I couldn't see Rabbit coming back, although I would have been okay with it, but this is just the most logical appointment, you know. The the worst thing John Eustace could do would have would have been taking that job, like yeah, especially because of what what's happened with Rooney. His stock's probably is reasonably high for a you know a mm. championship club, as whereas you know if he goes back to Blues and it all falls away like it was under Rooney, that that's it. That that that's championship level management kind of over for a while. Mm. Jesse March, on the other hand. I think he he did a really good job at Red Bull Salzburg. I know it's in the Austrian league or what have you, but he did do a really good job there. And that's yeah. why he was originally fast-tracked to RB Leipzig. Mm. Fortunately, that didn't work out for him. The Leeds job, maybe it was just, it just wasn't the right fit for him. I know he had an initial bounce and what have you. Um, but I think, I think the, your new ownership, this was a really important appointment because if they, if they cocked it up like they did with Rooney, all of the good faith in the start of the season would be gone. And I truly believe that. So if you put in Jesse March in, everyone will go, well, the American ownership, American manager, is it the right appointment? And it didn't work out. It, it's it's just too much of a risk, really. And 
Although I do think there's a good manager in there somewhere. Um, Tony Mowbray is a safe punt, really. And he should get you moving up the league. He might, Whether he gets you into the playoffs or not is kind of irrelevant. But if he resets the trajectory of moving away from relegation fights, that's what you kind of need to be at the moment. Yeah, I completely, yeah, completely agree. Couldn't have said it better myself. Um, I think I don't necessarily agree with the thing of like Eustace could do worse. I think if you, uh, sorry, the worst thing Eustace could do would be to come back. But I'm just thinking purely from a perspective of he, he lives in the area, he's a good championship manager, and if he got offered a job up the road, convenient, like good opportunity again, you know. Removing the history of it, it would make a lot of sense, but I suppose it's hard to remove that history, I guess. So I, I do get what you're saying at the same time. Um, but yeah, got a, his first game will be against um, Swansea at the weekend. be very interesting because they've also got uh, a new manager in their first game. I don't know when the last time that happened in the Championship or in the Premier League where um, a, a, game, a fixture between two managers both having their first game, other than it being like the first game of the season or something. Yeah. Um, but we'll get onto that later. Um, so yeah, Tony Mowbray. We're eight days into 2024. Uh, yeah, very dramatic already at Blues, <laughs> but um, not all quite at Villa either because you had uh, some stuff going on with uh, yes. your bat, the Villa badge. Oh, does it ever end? This <laughs> is <a> badge gate. <laughs> yeah, sure. Here we go again, part four. Um, I think the last time we did a proper one of these podcasts was when the t- Chris Heck did his sort of nine minute interview. And he mentioned that we were going to get the new badge in the early part of January. Well, apparently that should have been released last week. It hasn't been. I wonder why. Um, So there was a leak last week of the rumoured new Villa badge. So it's not just one of those leaks like the kits get leaked on like footy headlines or something. This is because uh, the club had trademarked a new badge with Companies House. So it... They did that with the round badge and the sort of gas lamp badge when uh, we were changing the badge whenever they did that consultation over a year ago. So just in case, you know, if they didn't trademark the badge and then all of a sudden I could go, oh, I'm going to make this badge and register it. They then can't. So it's very, very similar. I wonder if I've got a flag here. So it's very, very similar to this sort of shield badge. This is the Mm. sort of the old version of the shield badge, except um, the lion has been moved up. It's a slightly different lion. And it then says Aston Villa at the bottom of the shield and with 1874 just above it. And then the lion has this weird drop shadow on it as well. Yeah. How is that going to work on an embroidered kit? How do you embroider drop shadow into a shirt? Mm. Um, I just... I, you know, I've kind of defended Chris Heck when he originally said he didn't want to go with the round badge because there are real limitations with that round badge in terms of the way it just sort of blends into the home shirt because of the colours used. Um, but if they were convinced about that, that is not an upgrade on the current shield badge that we've used for the last, uh, I don't know, eight years or whatever it is, ever since we got our first year in the championship. And, you know... All of the data that's been collected from all of the consultations with the fans, what do the fans want? What should the badge represent? I just don't think that's it. It looks terrible. And it's not, you know, the amount of money that's been poured into a design company to create the two original badges that were in the last badge consultation and now this one. I I mean, I I just don't get it. 
I just don't get it at all. It's terrible. It is rubbish. Um, it's rubbish, yeah. Even just removing the fact, even just not trying to be just a Blues fan saying that, it is crap. It looks rubbish. Uh, it's not quite the League United badge that got revealed a few years ago. Yeah. <laughs> it's <laughs> not as it bad pretty... as that, but it's no. it's not But it's far. still got that, like, Pez, like, design, yeah. like, vibe to it. Um, I get them not wanting to do... I get clubs not wanting to stick to a circle badge because it's so cliched now like everyone has them they look to me it's also look like generic like fifa like design pro evolution soccer ones you could just design yourself in the game um but yeah i don't see from the outside looking in how this new one is an upgrade on the one you'd use before and also why is it something i I don't really understand why villas badges have over the years have had a lot of yellow on it as well um, yeah, so, so like in the badge consultation with the fans, the big survey that Christian Perslow did, there was, and it was all it was all put in away in a press release. But the majority of fans, there, there was um, there was a mandate for the for the badge to be predominantly claret and blue, so the lion to be claret because there was too much yellow. I never minded the yellow lion, um, but the mandate was there for the claret lion. Um, the mandate was there for the words Aston Villa on it, Whoa, rather than bigger, AVF, rather rather oh, than right. like the current badge has AVFC <laughs> than, on it, rather so. than West Brom on it. Yeah. <laughs> um, and there was and there was a bit of a mandate for the eighteen seventy four to be be on there as well. Um, originally, the so when our badge was originally redesigned from the shield that was I just showed you on the flag to the more up to date one with a like a, a scarier lion and they dropped the prepared that was underneath it was because on your digital world you can't read the prepared because it's too small when like especially like um if you were to go on the website for example and the badge is like really small on the icon you can't read the text so there was no point having lengthy text on a badge and you look at any modern redesigned badge they've got very limited text because when you reduce the size of it you can't see it so it's useless um so with this current weird design you've got the aston villa on there and then you've got this really tiny 1874 that you're never going to see ever and mm. um, and then it's in white on the light blue and you can't see. it's a terrible design chris heck don't use it please don't just do what we said before just have the lion Aston Villa, and maybe the star. That's all you need. Anyway, Dan, shall we talk about the FA Cup instead? So annoyingly, it's about an hour until the draw for the fourth round of the FA Cup. So we don't actually know uh, who we've drawn. Blackburn away again. I knew it. Um, Yeah. No. um, Yeah, so yeah, FA Cup third round this weekend. Um, So we played Hull away. Villa played Middlesbrough away. Uh, before we get into this week, uh, should we talk about uh, years gone by? Take a trip down memory lane. Um, obviously, FA Cup third round, big week, uh, very you know historic weekend in the football calendar. Um, do you have any favourite or standout FA Cup third round memories in particular that kind of jump to mind, spring to mind? I think. Um, well, you get knocked out with a third round every year. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I, to be honest, I haven't been to a third round FA Cup game for a while. Um, mm. I think a lot of our recent defeats have been, they've been away from home and what have you. So, um, our recent memories are not great, to be honest. Mm. Um, but I mean, a lot, a lot of my favourite FA Cup memories are a bit later on down the line. Sure. Um, Obviously, like the 2015 FA Cup final was like a really special day, uh, and the semi final before that, where we played Liverpool, was just insane. Uh, and one of my favourite games I've ever been to was that day at Wembley. Um, 
Yeah, that was great. That that, that that's probably my favorite FA Cup memory. But then we haven't won in the third round in years. Years. Yeah, seven, eight years. Eight years yeah, like yeah. eight games, that. seven years, something like that. Yeah, I would have not thought that's crazy how long that is. Um, uh, I ask because so today we're recording this on the eighth of January. Today is nineteen years to the day. Nineteen years to the day since I went to my very first match, which was um FA Cup third round against uh, Leeds at home. Uh, we won three 0 uh, Emil Heskey scored and Darren Carter scored twice. That's how long ago it was. Um, which is pretty mad. 19 years. Um, uh, another one, 2012. I don't know why I remember this. We beat Wolves away 1 0 in a replay, and Wade Elliott scored a really late goal. I don't know why I remember that so well. That's, I don't know why. I think I watched it on ITV. It's just class. I don't know why that stands out. Yeah. Um, it's what I love there about like football in memories is that you'll just remember this random game that you went uh, to or watched. Just it was. It was like a crappy, like, it was like a, I think the Wolves were in the Premier League at the time and we were in the Championship and we're just on fire. And um, uh, it's just like a really, Wade Elliott was like on the, he like f- it fell on the floor and somehow managed to lash it in. It was like, that's brilliant. Yeah, I don't know why I remember that so good. But um, uh, I but think yeah. one of my favourite FA Cup stories as well is when you went uh, to Blues away against Coventry. In oh, the FA that's Cup. not one of my that... favourite. <laughs> 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 Dragged our mate Ethan to Blues away at Coventry. Fourth round, I think it was. 0-0. Josh McEachran just smacking corners into the first man all game. Dreadful, awful. That's the dark side of the FA Cup. Um, uh, but yeah, on to present times. Um, did do you want to get into Villa first or Blues? Uh, I can cover us quickly. Um, yeah, go for it. My main takeaway is, um, and this is going to sound very Premier League snobby, but thank God we didn't get a replay. <laughs> yeah. um, having said that, Middlesbrough didn't want a replay either. So it's, you know, it is what it is. Um, obviously, they've got their League Cup semi-final. That starts tomorrow, I think. Tomorrow, yeah. Is, it two, yeah. is it two legs this year? Or is it just yeah. one? It's two legs I think it's two year. legs, yeah. yeah. Keep the two-legged Keep League, the two-legged Cup semifinals. League Cup semifinals. Anyway. Um, but yeah, so I think both teams went into this game not wanting a replay. Um, probably Middlesbrough more than us, but we've got a few injuries again at the moment. So, um, Tielemans is out, Pau Torres is out, um, Buendia Mings, Traore's at AFCON. So, um, a few missing players. So it's kind of nice that this, you know, we're only really expecting three games this month. So, while a fourth wouldn't have been the end of the world, it's just an extra game that we kind of don't really need. Um, but the game sort of went um, how maybe I expected it to. Um, Middlesbrough sort of sat in their low block and we just tried to break them down and it just took us 85 minutes to do it. Um, they had a couple of chances. Emmy Martinez made a couple of saves. Um, but it was just a day where we just had to be patient. Um it wasn't what it wasn't like the Burnley game where we dominated large portions of it, but were really vulnerable at points. Um, we had a lot of the ball. We looked very much in control. Um, we just kind of struggled to to find find the winner um, for a long time. Konza hit the post. We should have had a penalty. Um, the referee didn't have a great game, and you know. I think we've seen a, there's a few incidents that we've seen this weekend which show why we kind of need VAR, even in its sort of broken form that it is at the moment. Um, but, alas, we got the winner. Matty Cash, deflected goal. 
Um, shout out to Glover, the goalkeeper from Borough. Their second choice goalie had an absolute blinder. He was man of the match, had a great performance. Uh, and it, it only took a deflected shot to go in. But uh, quite you can see how much it meant to the Villa players for that goal to go in. It meant there wasn't a replay. Um, and, and it was like, there was like a relief of, yes, we've, we've finally broken them down. So, and that is also, I think it's like four out of the last five games or something. We've scored a late goal that's earned us at least a point or a win. So that goes all the way back to Brentford. The only exception is the Man United game on Boxing Day. So, um, last year we were in a really good habit of scoring early goals, especially at home. We scored in the first five minutes so many times last year. This year it's been scoring late goals and important late goals as well. That's been the story of one of the stories of our season. So, um, yeah, keep it up. It just makes things a little bit nervy. <laughs> sure. Um, you, did you rotate the squad all that much or? Doesn't sound like it lot, based on a few names. A lot stronger than I thought we'd go. Um, mm. So Robin Olsen's still injured. So Emmy Martinez started. Um, yeah, pretty much full strength other than John Duran, who may or may not be leaving. It looks like he's on the way out. Um, and Leander Dendonka. Um, after that, it was pretty much as strong as it gets for us. Uh, Bubakar Kamara, absolutely excellent from his suspension. Brilliant performance in the middle of the park. And boy, have we missed him. Um, but yeah, what about what about you, Dan? Because I, I I feel like you always get a replay in the FA Cup. Do you ever yeah. win? You we get always... a replay and lose. Like yeah, exactly. We'll do. We'll get. A, we'll draw away against like a, another championship team and then lose yeah. the home guys. It always seems to happen. Uh, well, we came very close to winning. We were away at Hull, who um, having a good season. We've sung the praises of uh, Liam Rossini quite a bit on this podcast, and uh, yeah, yeah. the theory that he is ma- he was maybe the brains behind Wayne Rooney's derby. <laughs> like I don't know, seems to be being proved right. I would say, <laughs> yeah, because Rossini doing really well. Um, not surprising. He's very smart. Seems like a very smart manager. But um, but having said that, we were one 0 up for most of the game. Um, and I don't know if you've seen our goal, but I've watched it a few times and it took me a few view- viewings to appreciate like how good it is. It's like Gary Gardner does really well to win a like a strong head of the ball and gets the ball up to Jukovic, who brings the ball down, controls it, plays it out wide to Cody Dramer. Uh, so Jukovic's back starting again, which I'm never going to complain about. I know some people will, but I don't know. Um, as long as I'm seeing Duke playing a blue shirt, I'm kind of going <laughs> with it. Um, but he plays it out to Dramo, who's back in on the right wing. He's playing right back. He bombs down the wing, puts a perfect cross in, and Duke has got into the box and met the return. And diving header, plants it perfectly in the bottom left-hand corner. Wicked goal, proper blues, proper Duke. Um, really good goal for him to have like, initiated the move and then had it returned to him by a great cross from Dramo. Really, really good. And it made up for the fact that Duke should have scored an easier chance with his left foot a few moments earlier, which he put just wide. Um, but yeah, put us 1-0 up. It's uh, our first goal of 2024. And it seemed like the team just had a lift. Uh, like Obviously, Steve Spooner took charge of this game. Mowbray didn't take charge of this one. Uh, had been announced at that point. But um, the team just, by all accounts, sounded a lot more up for it. Um, had a bit more energy about them. And by all accounts, actually defended really well for a lot of the game, which is not something I've been able to say a lot recently about Blues. Um should have made it 2-0 straight It sounds a lot after. like you were playing some no-fear football, Dan. <laughs> Maybe. Is that what it took for it? Um, but, uh, yeah, should have made it 2-0 as well. Dembele had a great chance just after as well where he hit the bar. Um, and then we conceded a 
87th minute goal. And I I think Neil Lethbridge is a good goalkeeper. I think he used to be a really good goalkeeper, but oh yeah, I feel, yeah. Like, he, I feel like he does this a lot of Blues when he gets a chance to come in. Like, so he gets played in the cup and has had a few chances when Ruddy's been injured and stuff. And he played this game. And he, I feel like he does this quite a lot, though. Like, he'll make a big mistake in a game that will cost us a goal. Um, I can remember him do. I mentioned it on our 2023 review. He made a terrible one against Blackpool in the league last season. I think it was. I think that was him. Um, but yeah, the balls came in and he's just completely fumbled the cross and they've scored. Um, uh, and it, you know, the game goes to a replay. In the circumstance, the a replay may not be the worst thing in the world. If Mo, obviously Mowbray's coming now, the game will probably be roughly this time next week. Um, who knows? An extra game could help him just help the team just get going a bit more, get a bit a few ideas going. Um, so it might not be the worst thing in the world. Might be a better atmosphere than most. Like I went to the Blackburn replay last year and the atmosphere was dreadful. So bad. Hopefully with a new manager coming in, be a bit of a bounce about the place. Um, but we talked about Villa and you changing, uh, like or not changing the squad all that much. Blues made seven changes. But... Um, I'll be honest, I actually didn't think the team was any worse. I actually thought if anything, it was <laughs> slightly strong. Like, I wouldn't, in a league game at the moment, I wouldn't start Gardner. I probably wouldn't start Duke. I wouldn't start Duke just yet, I don't think. Although I absolutely think he still has a role in the team. But um, but no, uh, I didn't actually think the team was much weaker, to be honest. Like, um, I, some of the changes I was actually in favour for. Kevin Long back in was good to see. Um, uh, obviously, I'd start Ruddy ahead of. Etheridge, but on the whole, changes. But I didn't really think the team's any weaker for it. And Boyle accounts played well, so hopefully it's a good foundation to build on ahead of uh, Mowbray's first game on Saturday. Nice. And uh, j- just think, Dan, with that extra game, the replay at home. Think of the fireworks. Oh yeah, flamethrowers. Oh, bo- You're going to get an extra game of that. Oh, will they bother? Will they bother? I don't know. Oh, hope hopefully, hopefully they do, but. They probably will. The cup, they should, yeah. Yeah, Mowbray's first night game, yeah, hopefully. Um, and obviously, it depends who... Obviously, as we say, we're a bit early, but the draw who we may potentially get is in about half an hour. So who knows? Maybe something good on the line. I doubt it. Uh, people listening to this probably know that we have... Uh, I don't know, like... I don't know, like Huddersfield. I don't know, Huddersfield are out, but you know who I mean. <laughs> Someone boring. <laughs> um, but anyway, shall we move on to... Um, uh, what's coming up then? Yes. Cool. So for the first time in what feels like ages, we're only doing a single game week. I'm going to really f- enjoy it. The single game week. Well, you um, have. We've got. We'll be. We've got Hall. Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll, probably, well, do we'll probably talk about that briefly next week for yeah, it's true, worth. True. So, of course, yeah. Um, yeah, we we're playing on Sunday on telly. Everton away. Been a really good hunting ground for us actually in the last few years. Um, especially, I don't think we've lost to Everton at all since we got promoted, and we've won all the away games. Oh no, that's no, that's not true. We drew the first one uh, in the restart. We should have won it, um, and we we didn't. Uh, we drew one one. Um, we missed a great chance to go two one up, and then we conceded a really unlucky sort of bouncy looping header. Oh, I think Theo Walcott scored that. Blimey. Um, but anyway, we haven't lost to Everton since we got up and we've done very well at Goodison Park. Even Steven Gerrard won there. Um, wow. So, wow. yeah, I know. Um, so, yeah, this will be a good test for us in terms of our, our away form, which, you know, 
jury's out on whether it's 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 it needs to improve or not really uh it probably just needs to get a little bit better um obviously everton have been better away from home than at home this year as well um and while they're having a pretty decent season obviously the points deduction doesn't in the table doesn't reflect how well they're kind of doing um they are on a really bad run i think yeah i don't know did they win at the weekend in the cup but anyway they've lost Uh, their last three league games so um their league form hasn't been good um and so it should be a chance to hopefully capitalize on that and you know they could theoretically you know that they might end up back in the bottom three if we beat them who knows um depends how the other results sort of go so um it's kind of a big game for them but they've struggled at home we've kind of struggled away but i think we'll have enough to to go over the line but i think it'll be close maybe a 2-1 something like that um it kind of depends how they come out with us if they try and sit in like i, I and i feel like sean dyche will probably do this because he's quite pragmatic where he'll sit like 11 men behind the ball and then maybe try and counter over the high line so uh, we'll see about that, um, but I think we'll have enough. Cool, um, very good. Uh, what was the result when you played them? Oh, you beat them. No, you, you played them in the cup as well this season, didn't you? Uh, we played them. Yeah, this, this will be the third time that we played them. So both at Villa Park, we won one four nil, and we lost one two one, which was the cup where we played a joke team in the first half and then made a mess of it. Fair enough. Um, we have got yeah, as I mentioned earlier, we got Swansea at home. Uh, but yeah, it'd be interesting because so Luke Williams is his name, was the Notts County manager. He's taking charge of his first game at Swansea, who are sitting just above Blues uh, in 16th. Uh, Blues are 20th, I think. Um, so yeah, they're a few points ahead of us. Um, they're having a bit of a disappointing season um, relative to expectations. And even though they've got a new manager coming in and they could have that new manager bounce, I think home advantage might just push us over the line with this one. Um, be interesting to see what kind of team he puts out. I, I, I wouldn't be shocked if it is kind of kind of similar to the whole game and a bit more back to basics. Do the likes of Kevin Long back in there? Um, wouldn't shock me at all. Um, probably a four-two-three-one sort of lineup. I think would probably be be wise. Be interesting to see if Hogan is like reintegrated. He got into the bench onto the bench and got on for a few minutes at the end of the whole game. Whereas under Rooney towards the end, he, he didn't seem to be in his plans. Um. And yeah, our, a narrow win, sort of first home game under the new manager. I, I could see. Um, uh, I think I think we'll ca- just about carry us over the line, uh, and hopefully lead to uh, better things for the second half of the season. Uh, we we played we drew Swansea one one on the opening day, so it's been a while since we played them, um, and you can't really judge teams obviously on the opening day all that well. Uh, but yeah, gonna be a tight game. I think very interesting. I want to get a prediction out of you, Dan. And we won't know the answer to this prediction for a while. But usually when you get a new manager come in, there'll be a player that all of a sudden flourishes, kind of out of nowhere. So, like, if you take Unai Emery at Villa, it'd be Ollie Watkins. Under Rooney, you would say maybe Jordan James. Even if everything's going badly around it, there's always one or maybe two players that it just works for them. You know, Gerard, it was Jacob Ramsey. Who, Who will be the surprise package that all of a sudden comes good under Tony Mowbray? Uh, Dion Sanderson is my answer. My, without having too long to think about it, Dion Sanderson, who's really lost his way a bit lately, but I think there's a very good player in there. He's the captain. 
I think he's got if he can get back on the right track, he's got a big future at Blues. Um, yeah, Dion. Yeah, but as I mentioned earlier, I, no, I'm not gonna say Hogan. <laughs> no, I'm not gonna say Hogan. <laughs> no, um, no, yeah, yeah, Dion. Um, and I think big things to come from Cody Dramer as well. I think he had a shaky start at Blues, but he's he's played really well. Uh, some games. I think the only thing holding him back is like once Ethan Laird's fit, he'll go back into the team. And um, but yeah, Dion Sanderson. Good question though. Yeah. That's a very good question. Shall we call it a night there, Carl? Yeah, I think we've covered all bases really tonight, haven't we? Yeah, absolutely. And um, yeah, a bit more back to normal this week, but uh, yeah, we'll be back next week and we'll react to uh, those games, I'm sure, and look ahead to the next games coming after that. Yeah, well, we've got the winter break coming up. So... Oh, of course, yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. Yeah, a week off. Um, I know. Uh, cool. If you have enjoyed this week's podcast, make sure you follow us on uh, Twitter and TikTok. Yeah, you can find us with the handle at Second City Pod. That's two N D City Pod. Yeah, and remember, if this is the first time you've watched us or listened to us, subscribe whatever platform you're on, especially if you're on YouTube. Leave a like, five star reviews, the whole shebang. Um, because it helps the algorithm out and it helps us out and uh, it's free. Yeah, big thanks again to everyone who's, you know, helped the podcast really gain some traction and uh, hopefully we can keep going in that direction. Um, So yeah, awesome. Until next time, Cal. Yeah, I'll catch you next week, Dan, up the villa. Uh, Keep right on and see you next time.